open them up to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12, I want to look at verses 1 through 6 to kick this thing off. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Says this. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, Yahweh, the Lord, is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Now I want to say this. We are in that day. I don't know if you knew that or not. But we're in that day. And because God has become our salvation through Jesus Christ, we are qualified through the blood of Jesus, listen, to draw water from the wells of salvation. Now I see some new faces here, so I'm covering just a, uh, some of the basics here before I move on to some new stuff that I haven't really covered in the past ones. But why does this scripture say wells, plural, more than one, not just one, but plural, wells of salvation? The Hebrew and Greek words that are translated salvation means this, healing, deliverance, protection, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, to be rescued. Spiritual and physical well-being. The fact is this. There is not one area of your life that salvation does not cover or make a provision for. Now you can see why it's not just a well, but it's wells. Think about that. Your whole life is covered and under one word, through Jesus Christ, salvation. Now, I want you to notice that we are to, with joy, it says, with joy, draw water out of the wells of salvation. See, the, pro- the benefits or promises of God, I want to say this, are not automatic. automatic. They're not. We must possess the promises that belong to us. They are not automatic. And a picture of this truth is found in the Old Testament where God gave the promised land to the children of Israel. How many of you know that account? He gave, he said, this is going to be your land. Listen, legally, it belonged to the children of Israel. But experientially, they had to go in and possess the land. See, God didn't just translate them. God didn't just automatically 
move the enemies out of the land and place the children of Israel in, did he? No. They had to go and possess the land, but legally it belonged to them. Come on now. Even though God gave the promised land to the children of Israel, there were enemies in the land that needed to be kicked out. Now God has given us a book full of promises that legally belong to us through the Lord Jesus Christ as Christians. Say legally. Legally. Oh guys, this is so important. Legally, they belong to us. All the promises But that's not the end of the story. We must possess the blessings of our salvation by fighting the good fight of faith. It's a fight. How many of you ever felt like giving up? Oh, how many of you know that scripture, who who the Son has set free is free indeed. You claimed it, but you may not be experiencing it. See, it's legally yours. The prison door is open, but you got to take hold of it by fighting the good fight of faith. And I'll talk more about faith in a moment. You know, there are great Christians, born-again Christians, that are in bondage to sicknesses, diseases, and infirmities. There have been great Christians that love the Lord with all their heart, but never tapped in to certain promises that belonged to them the whole time. You know, if someone passed away and they had left a will and they had your name says you're supposed to get a million dollars, there's a process you have to go through in the courts, is there not? Right? It's not just, they just don't send you the money, do they? There's a process. Um, this is why so many Christians live defeated lives. They don't understand the fact that yes, legally it belongs to them, but they got to do something to possess the land. So what happens? These Christians, they, they just, they live a defeated life. They point their finger at God all the time. God, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? Jesus has done everything he's ever going to do. He's not going to get back on a cross. His blood has been poured out, shed once and for all. Amen? Amen. So let that not be said of you and me. How many of you want to partake of the fullness of the blessing? I'll tell you, there's been a cry in my heart uh, during my prayer times. And and I know other people have come to me and said the same thing. I know the Holy Ghost is is moving specifically at people in our congregation on this. The very words I've been speaking is, Lord, I want to possess the fullness of the blessing of Abraham through Jesus Christ. The fullness. I just don't want a a little dab won't do me. Are you hearing me? A little dab won't do me. I want to walk in the fullness. And tonight I want to go through several accounts in the Gospels and point out some key points that I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to share with you. Now, as I'm teaching, you know, obviously in a short amount of time, I can't, you can't be exhaustive on anything, but I believe these are the points that the Holy Spirit wanted me to get across. And how many of you know the Holy Spirit knew you were going to be here tonight? The Holy Spirit knew who's going to tune into the radio broadcast and listen to this. The Holy Ghost knows who's going to tune in on the internet and listen to this around the world. So there might be a p- one point or several, that I mentioned tonight, that the Holy Spirit will just illuminate to you and say, that's it. That's the key. 
That's the very key that you're looking for. Are you hearing me? So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit tonight. There might be one thing that you take home from here, and that's the one thing the Holy Spirit wanted you to get tonight. Amen? So I've entitled this message, Keys to Receiving Your Healing. Keys to Receiving Your Healing. And really I should just tack on part one because these are just a few. But for those of you who have never been to one of our Healing and Miracle services, I want to touch on some very basic points. How many of you, this is your first time to one of our Healing services? Praise God, praise God. Listen, in the beginning, when God created the world and everything in it, It was perfect. Sickness, disease, and bondage were nowhere to be found in the beginning. Say, in the beginning. Sickness, disease, and bondage, you can study this for yourself, entered this earth when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden by eating the forbidden fruit. Now, now listen, I know that I'm just, don't let this pass over your head. This is, if, if you don't get this point, you probably won't get the rest. You've got to understand, we've got to take it all the way back to the beginning of things. God's original intent. God's original intent is still his intent. Amen? Amen. Don't let this pass you by. Now, you say, what do you mean, Adam? Adam and Eve. Well, Eve didn't get her name Eve until after the fall. All right, so I say when Adam sinned, all right, that's when these, these things, the, a floodgate opened up of where the curse entered the earth. See, you could say it this way. Sin was the gate that allowed or released these things into the earth. Those things were never in the original plan of God, and they're still not in the plan of God. Sickness, disease, and bondage, in fact, in Deuteronomy 28, are referred to as a curse. It's a curse. Say curse. Curse. Now, listen to this. I don't know if you ever, ever thought of this before, but the Holy Spirit really put this upon my heart, and this is incredible. Listen to this. A curse isn't a created thing. Listen, a curse is, isn't, is not a created thing. It is simply the result of the absence of the blessing. Now, I'm going to say something here that might illuminate the fact even more. It's like darkness. Darkness is not a created thing. It's the absence of light. You catch that? God didn't say in the beginning, create darkness. Darkness be. No, darkness just was. He created light. Are you hearing me? So a curse is not a created thing. God did not create the curse. Can you say amen? Sickness, disease, and bondage are simply the fruit of Adam's original sin. So to say that those things are the will of God, really what you would have to say is that Sin is the will of God. For those things entered through sin. I want to say it this way. God hates those things as much as he hates sin. We need to hate it too as his people. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Jesus. 
Galatians 3, 13 through 14, tells us that Jesus has redeemed us legally. Come on. He's redeemed us, Christians, from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham would be ours. Everything associated with the curse has legally been dealt with through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The real question is this. Are you experiencing the promises and the blessings? And if not, why not? That's why we're here tonight, aren't we? That's why we're here tonight. And that's why we need the Holy Ghost to lead us, to guide us into all truth. Guys, we can't walk this thing out on our own on, in, in, on this earth. Have you figured that out yet? Did you know that one of the Holy Spirit's functions in the, in, in our, in the life of a Christian is to assist us in experiencing and lead us into the fullness of the promises that God has given to us? He's the helper. He's the paraclete. The one called alongside to help. Notice not to do. To help. The Holy Ghost will never overtake your free will. Did you know that? He won't do it. Because he legally can't do that. God set this thing into motion. Given authority to man. Are you hearing me? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. How many of you know we need to hear the word of God? <clears throat> Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 9, and, uh, 9 through 12. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So listen, we're incapable on our own ability to walk this thing out. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives more than we even realize. We need to cooperate with Him. Are you hearing me? And He will lead us. He will guide us into all truth and deliver us from every lie that Satan and the world or any person has fed us. Amen? Now, let's really kick this thing off. Let's go into Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 5. <clears throat> Verses 17 through 20 I want to look at here. Said, Now it happened on a certain day as he, Jesus, was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Listen, underline this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. 
whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, underline that, when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. This passage says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now this is a key. Listen to me. The Greek word, the Greek word that's translated power in that scripture is dunamis. That's where we get our English word dynamite. Did you know that? <laughs> we get the English word dynamite from dunamis. So the dunamis of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to notice what Jesus was doing that allowed the power of God to be present to heal in that place. You want to know? He was teaching the word of God. He was teaching the word of God. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God to the people. He was imparting knowledge of the will of God to the people. Listen, whenever the word of God is proclaimed in truth, the power of God is present to heal. Don't ever forget that. Well, what scripture do you have to back that up? Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I want to show you this. Verse 20. It says, and they... The disciples, the apostles, and they went out and preached everywhere. What were they preaching? The word of God. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying, accompanying signs. Amen. God was working with them because they were being ambassadors, representatives for him, speaking and preaching the word of God. See, if they weren't preaching the word of God, if they were just preaching the word of men, God wouldn't have anything to confirm. Are you following me? He, God will only confirm his word. That's why we see in these services that we've been having, that's why we're seeing healings, deliverances. We're preaching it. We're proclaiming it. God, I'm telling you, God is looking down from heaven and he's saying, who will preach my word? I want to confirm my word. Can you feel the heartbeat of God? And if the word's not proclaimed, like I said, God has nothing con to confirm. He will only confirm his word when it's proclaimed or released by speaking it. In Jesus' earthly ministry, he was proclaiming the gospel. You know what the word gospel means? Good news of the kingdom of God. For healing, deliverance, and miracles to take place in Jesus' earthly ministry, he was preaching on those things. Can I get an amen out of that? Amen. See, not everyone believes that God's still doing these things on the earth today. I got news for you. He, he is. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So those things, if these signs, wonders, and miracles were happening, these healings were happening... 
Those things must have been included in Jesus' message as part of the gospel. Because the word was being confirmed. The spoken word was being confirmed. So I want to listen to this. This is so cool what the Holy Spirit gave me. So proclaiming the word of God is like setting a piece of spiritual dynamite in that place. I'm preaching the word here tonight. I'm se- Think of it this way. I'm setting a piece of spiritual dynamite before each one of you tonight. The power of the Lord is present to heal in this place. But that's not the end of the story. See, you have to light the wick of that spiritual dynamite. Are you following me? This spiritual dynamite, the power of the Lord's here tonight. But are you going to light the wick on that spiritual dynamite? How? By your faith in God's word. By your faith in what Jesus Christ has accomplished for you through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's simple, people. We make it too hard. We make it too complicated. And because we do that, we seem to just pass by the blessing. We're walking, we're walking, we're holding on to this, this spiritual dynamite. We're, tr- we're making it too hard. There's simplicity in the gospel. Simply believe him with childlike faith. Can you do that? I'll tell you right now, it don't matter if you have one degree, two degrees, this seminary, that seminary, this college. I'll tell you what, any earthly degrees is not going to make it hot enough to light that wick. <laughs> you light your wick by faith in God's word. Simple faith. Listen, Peter and John were on their way to prayer in Acts chapter 3 when they met a lame man at the gate called Beautiful. This man had been lame all of his life. The Bible says from his mother's womb. This man had no idea how it felt to walk. None. Can you, can you imagine the hopelessness he must have felt? The despair. The depression. So he's sitting at this gate. Peter and John were on their way to prayer. And this lame man asked them for alms or money or donations. And Peter said this. He said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now turn to Acts chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. I want to show you something here. Hallelujah. What are you going to do with that spiritual dynamite that's setting before you tonight? Oh, hallelujah. Listen, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This man, listen to me, when Peter said that, this man could have refused to get up and walk, and he could have let his miracle pass him by. He could have 
Free will. Say free will. He had the option to let that stick of spiritual dynamite just sit there and do nothing with it. But he chose to ignite it with his faith. When there's faith, it will always produce some kind of action. Write that down. When faith is present, it will always produce some kind of action. I want you to notice something else that Peter says about this man's miracle. He gives us a key to receiving. Look at verse 16. And his, so these people are seeing this and the Pharisees, they don't like this very much. All right, listen to this. And Peter's given an explanation. And his name, through faith in his name, in the name of Jesus, has this man, has this man uh, strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now listen, I want you to notice something here. This is so important. That it wasn't just the name of Jesus that healed this man. It wasn't just the name of Jesus that healed this man. Did you follow me? It says faith in his name. Faith in his name. You know what? We can speak the name of Jesus through all you want. But if you don't have faith in his name, we're wasting our time. Unless there's just a sovereign move and the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, then you know what? You're just in neutral. You can have all the unbelief you want and God's going to touch you. But this man, it said, faith in his name. See, you ignite and partake of the power of God through faith in Jesus' name. That must mean then that there's healing and deliverance in the holy name of Jesus. See, this lame man was healed, that was healed must have heard about Jesus at some point. Listen, listen to me. This lame man that was healed must have heard about Jesus at some point. And when he heard about Jesus at some point in his life during Jesus' earthly ministry, that was a seed of hope planted in his heart. And this encounter with Peter was the very thing that ignited the man's faith to be healed. Did you follow me on that? At some point, this man heard about Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's healing. He's delivering people. He's setting the captives free. That planted hope on the inside of him. (laughs) And Peter come along with the help of the Holy Ghost and it ignited faith in him, in this man. Go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I want to show you something here. Show you something very important. A lot of people try to discredit hope. But I'll tell you right now, hope is very important. A lot, you know, we, we, a lot of people, we just magnify faith. But listen, hope is extremely important. I want to show you why. Look, Hebrews 11.1. 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen i want you to notice that hope must first be present before faith comes did you catch that hope must be present because faith is the substance of things hoped for see this is why this is why 
sometimes when I minister to someone, I ask them, I say, can you see yourself well? You know, if you're in a wheelchair, can you, can you picture yourself walking? Can you picture yourself running and jumping and leaping and praising God? If they say, no, I can't. There's no hope there. They need to keep filling themselves with the word. Are you hearing me? If they say, yes, now we got something to work with. Faith gives substance to your hope. In other words, faith, come on, is the spiritual hand that takes the promises of God from the spiritual realm into the natural realm. Say the hand of faith. When faith is present, you are convinced that thing is yours before you even see it in the natural realm. See, hope is, oh, God, I know you're going to do something. I know you're going to do something. Faith is, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Guess what? You start to act differently. You'll act differently. How do you know when faith is present in you? You will act like it, like you have this thing. Are you hearing me? See, Faith will cause you to praise and thank God for that thing, even though everything in the natural seems contrary. Faith will cause you to praise God in the storms of life that you face. Faith will cause you to laugh at the devil, come on, and motivate you to press into God. Faith causes you to respond to the word of God. And now when you get what you're seeking, guess what? You don't need that faith anymore for that thing, right? Faith is the thing that carries that thing from when you don't have it in the natural. It carries you to when you get it. When you get that thing, you don't need faith anymore. What do you need faith for after you have it? Faith carries you. It car- say, faith carries me. Say, my faith carries me. Until I see it in the natural. Hallelujah. Several times in the word of God, Jesus says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Or your faith has made you whole. Go to Matthew 9, 27. Almost done here. Matthew 9, 27. Then we're going to get into prayer. Hallelujah. Matthew 9, 27 through 29 says this, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Hallelujah. That is powerful. I want you to notice something very important in this passage that it could easily pass over, that you could easily pass over. The blind men acknowledged Jesus as the son of David. That just wasn't just some flippant thing to say. You know what it is? That was covenant language. He was acknowledging Jesus as the Messiah. He was acknowledging Jesus as the Christ, the anointed one. Now listen, this is an interesting account because Jesus did not stop immediately. I don't know if you caught that when we read this. Jesus just didn't stop immediately right when they called him. He just didn't say, yeah, what is it? 
It said Jesus went into the house, and then the blind men followed them, or followed him into the house. Did you catch that? You know what's interesting? Many people would have given up at that point when Jesus didn't stop for them. Many people would have just thrown in the towel, but not these blind men. They pursued Jesus. They went after him. They went into the house to follow after him. See, it's faith that will motivate you in pursuing God for your miracle. It is faith that moves you. It shouldn't be the storms of life that moves us. It should be our faith in God, in his word that moves us. Are you hearing me? These men were not going to let their miracle pass them by. So that got Jesus' attention. And then Jesus asked the men a question. And I believe that Jesus is still asking this question to every one of us and, and to you around the world today. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Jesus asked that question, I believe, to give them an opportunity to express and release their faith verbally. I'm telling you right now, there's something to releasing words of faith. Say the sound of faith. We need to release the sound of faith. Huh, you want to know what's interesting? It's interesting along with that to tie it in is Romans chapter 10.10 where it talks about receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and salvation. It's interesting. It says this, Romans 10.10. For one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There is power in verbally releasing your faith. You could say, for, with, for one believes where with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto soundness. Confession is made, are you hearing me? Speak it out. Speak it out. Release your faith verbally. The blind men said, yes, Lord. I believe you're able to do this is what they were saying basically. And Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be unto you. And their eyes were opened. Listen, our faith in God and his holy word puts a demand on the anointing. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, I mean, this is important, guys. Our faith in God and his holy word puts a demand on the anointing. Our faith puts a demand on the power of God. Not a demand as in, God, you're just going to do this. I'm not saying it like that. What I'm saying is, just like where the power of God was present to heal in that place. You know, Jesus, when he went to his own hometown, he could do no mighty works. Remember that account? No mighty works. Why? The lack of faith. The lack of faith. But listen, our faith in God and his holy word puts a demand on the anointing. See, I can plug a vacuum into an electrical socket. But a demand is not put on the current of electricity until I flip the switch to the on position. Are you hearing me? We need to put a demand on the anointing. Kenneth Hagin always used to say it this way. Keep the switch of faith turned on. 
Keep the switch of faith turned on. Why? You turn that switch on of faith, you're putting a demand on the anointing. You're going to light the wick of that spiritual dynamite that's setting before you. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, this is my last scripture. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You know, we take the word of God for granted so much. Think about it. He, God has chosen to give us his word to reveal his will to us. So we don't have to guess. We don't have to walk around aimlessly. You want to know about something, uh, about his will? Go to his will. His written will. Right here. Hallelujah. He is awesome. God is gracious. He doesn't want you to suffer. Mark 5, 21 through 34. Says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side... And a a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. This Jairus fell in worship to Jesus. There's a key right there. We need to start worshiping more. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. He fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her that she may be healed and she will live. Listen, this created a point of contact. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. How many of you are in that situation tonight? When she heard about Jesus, she heard. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Wow, there's a lot of information in here, guys. The woman with the issue of blood heard about Jesus. Romans 10, 17. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In other words, she was hearing, come on, the testimonies of God's healing power. And, and this sowed seeds of hope in her heart for her own healing I said hope is an ingredient to faith. Hope needs to be present before faith comes. And this lady, don't miss this, this lady created her own point of contact for her miracle. That was where her faith was at. She said, if I may but touch, if I may but touch his clothes, I know I will be made whole. 
Did you know there are times when we can create our own point of contact to receive? What do I mean by that? Some people who, who maybe come to a service like this, they say, you know, I'll go, but I'm not going to get healed. Nothing's going to happen. Guess what? It won't. Are you hearing me? The power of the Lord is present to heal. But what did you set in your heart as a point of contact? See, remember the centurion who had a sick servant? He told Jesus, Jesus, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Why? That was his point of contact. That's where his faith was. There's so many different points of contact. You want to know why so many people are healed at like a Benny Hinn meeting, conference, and in, in all these other ministers? That's their point of contact. That's their point of contact. How many, uh, how many testimonies have you heard before where they say, if I could just get in that arena, I know I'm going to be healed. Down in Lakeland right now, there's people flying in from Africa, all over the world. Desperate situations. They come up on stage. They say, I received my miracle. Why? Because that's where they set their point of contact. Interesting, isn't it? See, we play more of a part in this than what we realize. And in fact, the abundance of the responsibility on, is on our part. Because God legally has made the provision. Amen? Hallelujah. So this woman with the issue of blood, she pressed her way through the crowd to touch Jesus, his clothes. And nothing was going to stop this woman from getting to Jesus and receiving her miracle. Nothing. And when she touched Jesus, the woman, the Bible says, she literally felt in her body that she was healed. The literal, the tangible anointing flowed into her body. In fact, Jesus, it says, even knew that power went out of him. There's times, and I'm sure Pastor Kevin would agree, and all, all the other ministers who minister and believe the healing message, when we pray over people, there's times when you literally feel the anointing just shooting right out, right in to the person. <sighs> Hallelujah. This woman's faith and point of contact put a demand on the anointing. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. If the woman never acted on what she heard about Jesus, if she would have not pressed through the crowd to touch Jesus, she probably would have died in that infirmity. This is life and death, people. This whole thing, this is life and death. Are you desperate enough? See, this woman was desperate. Everything else that she tried has failed to help her in any way to get better. And on top of that, she was broke. She went broke. Now, that, that's just a double spit in the face. Are you hearing me? Going to the doctors, you want to know why? Because at first she put all of her faith in the physicians. Now, we're not against doctors, of course. Amen? We're not against doctors. We're not against medicine. But who is your faith in anyways? Are you hearing me? This woman was desperate. And you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes it takes people getting to the lowest point 
eating dirt until they realize I need to look up because that's where my salvation comes from. It comes from the Lord. Amen? My question for you is this. How desperate are you for your healing or miracle? How desperate are you? Are you radical enough? Do you have violent faith that is willing to press through the crowds of the world and look unpopular to touch Jesus with the hand of faith? Now tonight as we pray, put a demand on the anointing. If you've said in your heart that you're not going to receive anything tonight, guess what? According to your faith, be it unto you. There's nothing we can do. But light the fire of faith that will ignite God's power in your life and situation. Turn on the switch of faith tonight. See, well, I found something out. God never turns away a hungry heart that's seeking him. Never. He'll never turn away a hungry heart. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled and so we need to be bold, take hold, and possess the promises and the blessings of the gospel through Jesus Christ. And let me say this, it's a fight of faith sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes a miracle happens and something happens instantly. Other times the, the miracle happens tonight. The, the young man who came, who came and got prayed for at Pastor Kevin's church, who, who was blind in one eye, it didn't happen immediately, did it? And, and you know what? In fact, I knew it. After, after we prayed for him, I said to him, I said, this thing's going to come gradually. Sure enough. Sure enough. So when we lay hands on you tonight, you know what? You might get a miracle. It might happen instantly. That'd be great if it does. But just know that something is happening in your body. So you don't leave here discouraged. I'll tell you right now, the biggest thing the devil likes to do is throw people in discouragement. If they don't see something or feel something right away... Boy, I just didn't receive anything. You just killed it. You killed it. So when you come up here, you just get, we're going to get into the presence of God here. Start the music, Chris. But I do want to say this also. Do not stop taking your medication. Do not stop medical treatment. Allow the doctor to confirm your healing. Let them say, you, you don't need to take this medicine. Let them say, you don't need this treatment. Are you hearing me? We never tell people. We never tell people to stop that. Let's stand in this place. We could dim the lights. Jesus. We need to get in an atmosphere of worship here. And you work no more. How many of you have the switch of faith turned on tonight? Alright. Just close your eyes and lift your hands to the Lord. Let's get back into an atmosphere of worship. Turn it up. Jesus. Hallelujah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.